You are Locked On Cowboys, your daily podcast on the Dallas Cowboys, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Locked On Cowboys podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Thank you for tuning in. I am your host, Marcus Mosier. You can find me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosier. And joining me today is a relaxed, calm Landon <laughs> McCool. You can follow him on Twitter at McCoolBCB. Landon, what's going on, sir? Oh, I'm so tired. <laughs> I'm, move, I'm moving. Marcus is joking because I'm mid-moving. I'm actually at work uh, taking a break from moving to go into work and taking a break from going into work to do this podcast. Uh, but yes, I, it's been an incredibly stressful last 24 hours. But I am here to rejoice in the, uh, uh, the, the good news of the Randall Cobb signing. So that's, that's, that's at least a, a, a happy moment in the drab move. Uh, yeah, let's go ahead and talk about the move. The Cowboys made their second splash of free agency, signing Randall Cobb to a one-year deal worth up to $5 million. Now, we haven't seen all the numbers yet, uh, but generally... The first number that you get is like the maximum value. So I'm kind of assuming that Cobb is going to get what three, maybe four million dollars guaranteed with some some workout bonus and that kind of stuff in there. But I mean, I, he's not Cole Beasley, but for the price, that's not a bad signing. Lane, what do you think of Randall Cobb and the Cowboys? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think that you know they're different players. I mean, I'm I'm definitely trying to temper expectations to the idea that you know this is. The Cole Beasley, Cole Beasley uh, 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 upgrade by himself for, by virtue of who he is, because I don't know that that's necessarily true. Um, but I think that if you you look at what Randall Cobb can do and what he does well, uh, I, one, I think it potentially bodes well for what this offense is interested in doing, um, right. because I think it means that they're. I mean, the first thing that came to mind, and I, I talked about this on Best Coast Boys as well, is is that it, uh, this is a very versatile player. You know, I mean, he plays in the slot, but he, you know, he plays and he, and he lines up out wide as well. But he he kind of lines up and all over the slot, you know, and in, in, in different spots in the backfield at times. And I think uh, all that kind of versatility and ability to run routes from a variety of different spots, uh, uh, I think that plays well. And, and is and it's again, it kind of t- it, it taps into what you and I discussed it previously, and I think I mentioned this before. It taps into uh, uh, the the versatility that someone like Golden Tate has. I mean, I, I think having a guy like like Cobb, who is, you know, probably a slightly older poor man's version of, of Golden Tate, right? Like, I mean, just because he's at a, a later stage in his career, right? right. Um, I, I think uh, is it's you know a guy that you can put opposite of Cooper wherever you want to put Cooper. You can move Cooper around and, and, and you're not going to suffer uh, you know, a lesser fate at, at, at wide receiver too, because you're having to move that guy around. This guy isn't going to get affected poorly by having to move around to mirror uh, Amari Cooper, and that's useful. That has a lot of of, of use there. And then you pair that with uh, with Gallup, and then with 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 the other guys with 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 uh, Hearns and with uh, Tavon Austin and then Wilson and all these guys. And now suddenly you have a very diverse. 
uh, a talented, you know, you know, the, the spread out talent uh, kind of wide receiver that, that uh, group that's going to be useful in, in spread options. It's really going to allow you to kind of formation teams to death, personnel teams to death by deploying a different personnel groups who can do different things. You've got multiple wide receivers now who can run uh, uh, jet sweeps and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. You've got multiple uh, wide receivers now who can operate in the slot. Um, you've got multiple wide receivers now who can play outside. Um, so, and, and then again, all of that is highlighted by the fact that you have a, uh, a guy who um, you feel like... You can is your your number one receiver the guy you're trying to get the ball to who uh, again I think the one of the things that's being forgotten about when talking about Cooper is that he came into the the, the you know the team halfway through the season right uh, so you know, it really kind of dictated his usage there is you know they, they quickly had to assimilate him to the offense now he's going to get a full off season in training camp with the Cowboys and they're going to get an opportunity to kind of actually you know deploy him in opportunities that are going to take advantage of his skill set and having a guy like Randall Cobb who again can also move around with him be deployed as as a constraint against him that sort of thing is going to be extremely useful all right let's kind of compare and contrast Randall Cobb and Cole Beasley a little bit because you're seeing a seeing a little bit of people talking about them having similar skill sets and I actually would disagree a little bit there so uh, can you kind of tell us the difference between Cobb and uh, and Beasley uh, you know I would say that Beasley is more of an explosive player I mean you know especially out of routes I mean I mean you watch him run like a, a squirrel route or a whip route or something like that and it's just crazy to think about uh, a corner trying to keep with him one by one on one um, I think Cobb is more of a, of a savvy route runner. I mean, just like I think he, that's where he makes his hay and is is a little bit more smooth at his size. I would agree. Um, and and I think so that and and ultimately where he wins is uh, get it once he gets the ball in his hands. He is a yak machine. I mean, he's gonna he's gonna carry the ball like a running back. He's like getting the. It's it's like having. You know, I mean, it's like having Duke Johnson get the ball in 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 in, in the uh, in it the really field, is in the open comp, field. Yeah. You know, yeah. I mean, I th- well, they're very similar kind of athletes. I feel like you know, and, and I mean, maybe you know, again, Randall Cobb is is twenty is almost twenty nine years old, but uh, but still, like, I think that's the kind of player you're getting a sub two hundred, sub six foot running back st- style player. You know, I think another guy that was kind of similar to him is is. Uh, the guy that they made into a running back uh, uh, in Green Bay. Ty Montgomery. Yeah, Montgomery. Yeah, I think, I mean, he's just one of those guys that I think, and, and they're trying to collect a, a few of these guys now, that the guys that they can get the ball to and and have them create offense with, with the ball in their hands. And, and I think having a guy like Randall Cobb as, you know, a potential third option there. That's a good option, especially if you're wanting to run more smoke routes, slants, you know, inside stuff. He is not getting – look, again, in the way that he's not replacing Cole Beasley is he is not the guy on third and five who is automatically beating every single person who they're putting in front of him right. one-on-one. Right. Like that's, that's, you know, that's why Cole Beasley is being paid all that money by Buffalo. Because he can do that. I mean, this is that's not Randall Cobb's game necessarily. That doesn't mean that Randall Cobb isn't going to convert a lot of third downs for this team. That doesn't mean that Randall Cobb can't make plays. That doesn't mean that Randall Cobb can't be better in the slot in some ways than, than what Cole Beasley provided. And I think that's ultimately what the Cowboys weren't cutting Cole Beasley. They're cutting the idea of having a one-trick pony as their starting 
uh, slot receiver. They wanted more versatility there. They wanted to be able to move other players there without having to sacrifice Cole Beasley's ability on the outside. They wanted to be able to have a guy that they could uh, put opposite of Cooper and then let Cooper play the slot, let Cooper play the Z, let Cooper play the X, and then have another guy who isn't going to be completely lost because he's having to move around to, to facilitate what we want to do to get Cooper the ball. Well, I think there's a couple things here, too. I, obviously, Beasley is more explosive, like you mentioned. I think he gets even more separation than Cobb. But I think the other thing that we're kind of not discussing is that Cobb is just a bigger catch radius. I think he's like five foot mm. 11, 195 pounds. He's just a bigger body in the slot. Now, he's, he's yeah. not one of these... Big-bodied slot receivers that we're seeing, you know, more custom in the NFL with Jarvis Landry and Juju. He's not that, but he's simply a bigger target. Um, and the other thing is, I, and again, you kind of mentioned this, but I think the Cowboys want to get more dynamic after the catch. Last year, they were the worst team in the league uh, after the catch. I think they want to get the ball out of Prescott's hands quicker, let the receivers do some of the work, uh, and, and I think Cobb is an upgrade over Beasley there. Um, I want to talk a little bit about how Cobb may affect. Uh, Alan Hearns, because is is it a lock that Hearns makes the roster now with Cobb on the roster? Because I, I, I'm not sure. Absolutely not. I mean, I, I don't know that it's a lock for any of these wide receivers that are in that kind of down roster churn of Wilson and Austin and Hearns and yeah, I think all those guys you know have are, have got a spot to play for, and I mean that's the other thing too is that we don't even know, uh, you know it's you know, we're not even in training camp yet, but it's we're it's the the normal numbers game of, of does does this guy make you keep an extra wide receiver and go short on tight end and you know so you're playing yeah they've got they've got more than just them you know the other wide receivers to play against they got the other tight ends to play against as well and the running backs to a certain degree I would guess. Um, you know, so I think, they, yeah, they're they're definitely going to be playing for spots, but uh, I think that there's also use for having a, a deep. I mean, you know, we're not, we haven't mentioned Noah Brown, and, mm-hmm. and you know, so, so there's 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 I think there's a usefulness to having a deep, talented, diverse crew, and 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 don't be surprised if they decide to, at the end of the day to keep a guy like Noah Brown over a guy like. Hearns because Noah Brown can do more on game day, you know. And then I'm not saying that they should cut Hearns. I, I I like Hearns. I think Hearns can do a lot of great stuff out of the slot as well. Uh, and I like that Hearns again is just like Randall Cobb, where he's an inside outside player. You know, so you can put him opposite wherever you need to uh, from Cooper, and he can still win. So yeah, there's definitely going to be a roster churn to a certain degree, or and 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 some interesting battles. Uh, but now you're not concerned about having uh, enough talent to field an NFL roster right, right. At, at wide receiver. The other thing is it gives them some flexibility going into the draft because, again, we've talked about this in the podcast before, but uh, Alan Hearns' salary is not guaranteed until the first week of the 2019 season. So if you go into the draft and suddenly you're sitting in the third round and Debo Samuel falls to you, I mean, you don't have to pass on that player because of Alan Hearns, right? You could just as easily cut yeah. Alan Hearns. Or if Alan Hearns looks good in the preseason, maybe you can ship him off for a conditional pick or a pick swap or something like that. It it provides the Cowboys a lot of flexibility going into the offseason. Uh, like you mentioned, they have a NFL depth chart at receiver now. I think the pieces start to make sense, right? You have Cooper as your number one, Gallup's the number two, Cobb doing a little bit of everything but primarily playing in the slot, Noah Brown and Tavon Austin kind of each filling out their own roles, 
And then at the bottom of the roster, you have Alan Hearns, Cedric Wilson, uh, a pretty good depth chart right now. Um, I want to talk about one more thing before we move on. Uh, Friday On Friday afternoon, the, the Miami Dolphins have to decide whether or not they are going to keep or to, are going to cut or trade Robert Quinn. There's been some kind of rumblings about that and what the price is. Uh, so I'm just going to kind of toss this to you, Landon. What would be the maximum that you would be willing to pay uh, for Miami's defensive end, Randall, or excuse me, Robert Quinn? So is that's 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 actually kind of needs to be so the, the holdup is compensation in trade in picks. It sounds like is that's that, probably what it is, right? I, I would assume. Uh, see, I I I assumed. Okay, so that's interesting. I have a different assumption. So let let me let me go here. My assumption is that the holdup is actually in the guaranteed money that Miami is going to pay, and I think that could be the case as well. Yeah. So, uh, anyways, I, I think that. Um, I mean, the talk is that it's a 2020 pick, from what I understand. Um, so I don't know that that part is up for debate. I, I think it's more maybe, if it's going to be a draft pick, it's probably what draft pick it is. Uh, I think it should be a conditional situation, you know, that, that we give them uh, um, a fourth that could be a third, maybe? Or a, th- a fifth that could be a fourth? It's, yeah, a f- 20... Yeah, twenty twenty fifth. It could be a fourth. That still seems like too much to me, to be honest. And the re- I'll, I'll tell you why. It's not because I don't think Robert Quinn is worth a fourth or fifth round pick. It's because uh, what other decision is Miami going to have? Are they going to cut him? I, would they not rather have a sixth or seventh round pick than just outright releasing him? That's why. Why, why would Dallas be in a hurry to give away a conditional fourth or fifth round pick, considering what Miami is up against right now? Because they'll end up turning around getting a fourth or a fifth round pick after Robert Quinn right, but that's plays what, out the contract and then sells elsewhere. But that's what I'm saying. Why not? Why not try to gain a pick there? Like, it, if, if you offer Miami a six round pick in 2020, are they really going to turn it down by Friday's deadline? Like, are they really going to eat all that money? Uh, look, I'm. I didn't say I. I wouldn't pay less than that. Right, you right. asked me no, 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 what, no, I'm what saying, would the most. I'm saying that, that's kind of. I think for me, like a fifth I, round yes, pick. Yes, I would be the greatly. Pref- I would greatly prefer to, to pay a, a, a sixth round pick for sure. But but I, I would. That, my point is that I'd be willing to do a fifth round pick, a 2020 fifth round pick for with a conditional up to a fourth round pick because I think I'll get back like a fourth round pick or a fifth round pick in conditional from that situation next year plus I'll, I will have had Robert Quinn and if I like Robert Quinn maybe I re-sign him well that's a good point um, I think there's been some discussion Are maybe the Cowboys are trying to get him to sign an extension is that something that you would be interested in because I'm yeah po- absolutely see, I, I'll kind of go the other way I would rather have him on a one year deal kind of trying to prove to the rest of the league that he can still be a good pass rusher because I think well because I think you're going to get the, the best value from him and the best play from him I almost think that's the way to go here well but unless the idea is you're being paid 12 million dollars this year let's make it a two year six million dollar deal a year deal like that seems like that's that's a deal or like a you know like a you know I'm saying like I mean maybe he wants the extra year for security at, at a reduced rate and like the Cowboys get like a 
avoidables. Uh, you know, like I, I, th- that all could be ma- is very malleable. It's sure. like you know. So I, I think I guess my point is is that I don't know that that means like a four year fifty million dollar deal. I, I, I mean, I'm just making numbers up, but sure. I, yeah, I think that means more of like let's make your one year big number a two year big number, and you'll get all of this right now, and blah 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 blah. You know, I, I just think that you know, like they may like. It may be more palatable for all parties involved, including Miami, who they, like I said, if they're haggling with Dallas over how much they're paying in guaranteed money uh, after this trade, how much they're taking on in dead money, they, I would assume that they would greatly prefer that 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 uh, Quinn sign an extension with the Cowboys, eating into that, and then that not even becoming an issue. Okay, let's last thing on Robert Quinn, and we'll finish up our pod. Um, we both think that Robert Quinn would be brought in to complement Marcus Lawrence, not replace him, right? I think the most interesting thing about this whole thing is what it means for the DeMarcus Lawrence situation. Because I definitely agree that the idea is that they're bringing him in to complement DeMarcus Lawrence. And I don't think that that is affecting that. I don't think that it's affecting their desire for DeMarcus Lawrence. What I do think it's a potentially affecting in, in terms to DeMarcus Lawrence is the negotiation leverage that De- Lawrence's team has over the Cowboys. Because before this, th- you know, DeMarcus Lawrence was basically the, I mean, for a couple of weeks, especially since Robert, uh, since, uh, uh, Grady Gregory got suspended, you know, the, you know, the Cowboys were basically, the cover was bare. For mm-hmm. for you know pass rushers with any experience in the, outside of you know Tyron Crawford and maybe for even a day with <laughs> with Tyron Crawford you know potentially being suspended with what's going on all, yeah yeah I mean we're gonna have we we may have even more issues so w- with all that going on Lawrence and his agents leverage was increasing so at the very least if this happens there may be a little bit of relief from in that. Just a little bit there, but to the point, not to the point where it's like, it, it, it's more of a side effect. I, I think that they, even if Lawrence, like if they were, con- like they may be completely confident about Lawrence, we don't know. Uh, and uh, and they're, I still think they're going, uh, th- I still think that they would go this route. Because I think that this is about getting more out of their pass rush. Um, you know, and uh, again, like it's it's going to be a, if, if Randy Gregory comes back and they have Robert Quinn, it's going to be a great situation at right defensive end. Yeah. Uh, can Can I just make a quick little point before we sign off? Um, yeah. I like Robert Quinn a lot. I think he's be an addition to the team, but he is not an upgrade over Demarcus Lawrence. Just for the people out there that maybe are having some. Oh conflicting my God! Thoughts. No. Okay. What? Well, just just no. Putting he that is out not there. in the same class. Like guys like Demarcus Lawrence are changing teams the way Robert Quinn is. I mean, Robert Quinn is kind of an anomaly if we're being honest. Like, frankly, it seems like only him and only North Carolina pass rushers, like <laughs> it, like Julia, him and Julius Peppers, like have the most bizarre careers, right? They really do. For like uh, for elite pass. I mean, not that Robert Quinn's elite, but he he's a nice pass rusher. He's a you know upper echelon. Ish past defensive end, you know, like I mean, he's definitely not a a, a, a scrub, and so, the fact that he's been on like was it like this is his third team already, right? Yeah, like, Rams, Dolphins, the, and whatever team he ends up and, on next, yeah, and, the, and yeah, so yeah, it's like that's pretty, it's pretty bizarre because you know those guys are so coveted. Uh, Demarcus Lawrence, like 
I mean, yeah, he's the kind of guy that th- there is reason they franchise that guy. <laughs> like because right. right. I mean, he's he's MV, defensive MVP type player. Yeah, so just just putting that out there because I know there's Take some, it down some a notch, uh, there's guys. some media people that are trying to lead Cowboy fans astray. No, Quinn is at this point in his career, Robert Quinn is a, a, a I would say a high end number two pass rusher. It's like yes, a, a very nice compliment. Is that exactly? The, there is only a small handful of guys in the league that I would take over Demarcus Lawrence in, in terms of everything he can do as a run defender, as a pass rusher, being able to play both sides, playing defensive tackle if you need him. Uh, Lawrence is one of the top five or six pass rushers in the entire league. All right, that is it for today's show. Thank you guys for tuning in. Make sure you download and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or wherever you get your podcast. Follow Landon at McCoolBCB. You can follow the show at Lockdown Cowboys, and I'm at Marcus underscore Mosier, and we will see you guys next time. (laughs) 